Greetings, hempsters. Thank you for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. If you have a hemp company and you need help getting more leads or sales, or if you're wanting to redesign your website, and especially if you want to start getting seen with masterful branding, graphic, and web design services, then feel free to reach out to us on hempaware.com to schedule a call, and uh, we'll make it hempin'. This is Tyler Hemp here, your Hemptrepreneurial host, here to empower and hemp-educate your hemposphere as usual because it's important for food, shelter, clothing, energy, healing, plastics, fuel, and so much more. And on today's Hemp-educational show, I have a longtime colleague and what I like to refer to as an original hempster, and she's an inspiration in my life and has been empowering the world for gosh, close to 20 years, if not more, and Andrea has done some pretty hempstational things in her life, and to name a few, she holds a bachelor's in hemp economics and a master's in hemp agronomy. She's also running a consultancy called Ridge International Cannabis, and she also has sat as the president of the Hemp Industries Association, as well as put together a curriculum and a course, uh, and has been an instructor for industrial hemp at Oregon State University, and I could go on and on about her amazing hempy achievements, but what I'm super excited about right now is her latest creation called Everyone Loves Tralala, and I look forward to sharing with you what she's doing to raise awareness about hemp and how she's marketing her hemp consultancy and getting her book out to the world, and so in the spirit of supporting your hemptrepreneurial journey, I'm honored and delighted to introduce you to Andrea Herman. And um, we're going to get the show going. So thank you so much, Andrea. I appreciate you being here. Thanks, Tyler. Well, thanks for those awesome, kind words. And I know you have continued to carry um, the spirit that you're saying that I helped instill or inspire in you on to so many others. So kudos, Hemp and Brother. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's been so fun seeing the progress and you're just uh, such an intelligent human being doing such essential work for the industry and, and helping it progress and move forward. And, and so I'm curious for myself and all our listeners, tell us a little bit about like where you were born, kind of how you were raised, and then what led you up to being introduced to hemp for the first time? Hmm. Um, I'm originally from Joplin, Missouri. Oh, raised in a had funded apartment, partial funded apartment complex. Um, from there, instilling like friendships that I still have till today. Um, so small town, Joplin, Missouri. And you know, growing up, I was introduced to cannabis as a plant via marijuana. And then quickly after that introduction, that's when I learned about hemp. So I was about 12, 13 years old. Um, so, you know, you learn, and, and typically then we're learning about marijuana, and then hemp kind of came around being in Missouri, and we had this place in Lexington, Missouri called the Battle of the Hemp Bales, and so I started learning about Missouri's particular hemp history, and from that it just came what I learned to be called your final vocabulary, and this is the words or things in life that have you read between the lines of literature, particularly, um, and how somebody can pull something out that somebody might not. And so I just immediately started writing about hemp and trying to find information, and not that we have the means then 
um, we did in the early 90s as we do now, or in the late eight, 1980s, actually, um, that we do now uh, to be able to find that information. But it immediately became something that um, rang a bell inside of me. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And, and so you, you saw cannabis as, as this plant. You were introduced to the recreational side of things, but then it opened up doors to the industrial side of things. And ultimately, you decided to go into agronomy and economics. And I'm just curious, what was it that inspired you to, to choose those two areas of, of expertise to go into? And, well, you know, Tyler, yeah. yeah, yeah, Tyler, it's actually called Ecolonomics. Um, mm-hmm. So some of the listeners know Dennis Weaver, um, an old movie star, um, retired into a life of sustainability. And, you know, we learned about how he built this like tire house very early on, the work that Dennis Weaver was doing. And his alma mater was my university when it was a junior college. And he had keyed this term in colonomics. And so came to Missouri Southern at the time and said, I, I want to start this like kind of capstone course that people can get this certificate and they would take these particular classes to build a little bit of a criteria around a colonomics. And a colonomics, Tyler, is the study in no particular order of biology, economics, political science, and sociology and tying mm-hmm. those academic thoughts together to create sustainability or efficiency functions um, and particularly I tied that into him so in my undergrad I had an amazing undergrad professor Dr. James Jackson he um, you know said to me Andrea about two years left you're going to graduate you need to really you know you need to nail down a major and I said well I don't really know what really works for me here Um, you know biology yeah but we didn't really they didn't have an ag department chemistry not really political maybe um and so along came this um colonomics option um and so from that i created my own bachelor's of general studies focused on hemp um using the colonomics philosophy so all the courses that i then ended up taking in my undergrad became writing intensive and anytime i had the opportunity to bring hemp into that coursework, I was required to do so. So creating my own bachelor's based on the economics philosophy focused on hemp. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. What an exciting opportunity to be able to form and kind of mold and shape your own degree, so to speak. And um, I'm, I'm a big fan of words. I'm an etymologist, so I love the origins of words and studying the definitions and meaning of words. And um Like the word economy or eco is uh, a Greek word. It comes from echos, E-I-K-O-S, which means home. And so Mm. I've always looked at economics as the management of the numbers of our home. And our home being this planet, you know, that's why it's called our ecology. We we study our home. And um, so it's so exciting, you know, to see hemp as, as the number one vehicle in my mind, in your mind, in many of our minds as the solution to healing our home and not just our home at large, this planet, but of course the four walls that we're living within, as we all know, hempcrete is one of the world's most sustainable, renewable uh, materials, health, healthy materials, fireproof materials. I mean, it's just incredible, you know, 
So it's, it's one solution, but I'm curious, what is your favorite or, you know, what do you feel is the most significant um, product on the market or, or, you know, most sustainable aspect of hemp? Uh, definitely on the building side, that's something that um, is going to be key in moving the hemp industry forward. You know, the, the stock material right now, you know, to get the hemp foods, absolutely, are they good, for, required for us? 100%. But we're, we're at the point where those, some, most of those have been figured out, you know, hauled mm-hmm. hemp seeds buy it commonly. So, you know, the access is greater, um, you know, pressing and those things, but now moving towards what we need to do with the fiber to get more total crop utilization. Of course, we can talk about the leaves and the roots and all the other things, but looking at grain and stock to be able to develop that stock industry is really going to be vital to the long-term longevity of the hemp industry and, and, and increasing the farmer's farm gate and going back to the eco, you know, driving more economy, getting this in more, more hands-on product to where hemp becomes uh, more common. And it's not, it's not, doesn't become necessarily the key thing in the discussion of what the product is. This is a craft box, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And hemp happens part of that because we've got we've got to the point to where it can become um, you know more commodity driven not to take out from the smaller entities that will be needed but having a larger scale production um, you know for fiber only even absolutely yeah I think that's really the, the biggest gap in the market right now because we've seen like you said Canada has been growing hemp since 1998 I think you know, for seed production, for food, which is amazing and wonderful. And people are consuming hemp seed oil and hemp protein powder and hulled hemp seeds and all that. Um, but, and then, of course, with the legalization, the Federal Farm Bill in 2018, we saw the huge spike in, in CBD sales and CBD companies and the whole flower side of the plant. And uh, so now that that market gap is really in the fiber and and really fulfilling the plastics and composites and building materials. And you're absolutely right. I think like that's the, that's the kind of icing on the cake or maybe that's not the right term, but it's definitely um, a huge step that, that we're taking now as an industry that will, I think catapult us forward in terms of um, our ecological footprint and and helping the environment. Yeah. Um, but it will create as, a huge yes, pivot. Please. It will create a huge mm-hmm. pivot in our industry um, because we've mm-hmm. got. We know if we want to get that fiber into a car part, it can't be reliant upon one processing facility. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we know hemp has a substantial history. I mean, as far as we know, it's gone back since written history. Um, but what would you say is, is one of your favorite or most significant historical hemp facts? Mm, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I mean, personally, um, seeing the U.S. Farm Bill come down, that was that was just monumentous for so many people. Um, and, and so many unspoken heroes out there that were the ones that were, you know, in, in the trenches for us 30, 30 years ago um, or more when it comes to um, the fight that has been going on for particularly industrial hemp. So, mm-hmm. so when, that, when that happened, I was like, wow, you know, we did it. 
the mm-hmm. voices were heard. We did it. We marched. We we actually went out and and we made change. Um, that 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 then started to trickle because once the U.S. came on, you know, other countries really started to follow suit. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that in my um, you know, in my professional spoke, that was the most historical for me. You know, personally, mm-hmm. it was when I, you know, I came to Canada and we were seeding and I got to put my hands in hemp seed. Um, so mm-hmm. personally, that was historical for, for me to, um, as, as a touch, um, to be in, in, in that place. How fun. Yeah, that is significant. I, 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 you know, was thinking maybe you would say something about the Chinese hemp history or the Egyptian hemp history or, you know, how, you know, there's just so much um, rooted in in our past, but the fact that you bring it to modern day, you know, uh, historical facts, that's super exciting. It was unexpected. And I I really appreciate that answer. So in terms of some of the biggest problems that our planet is facing, and hemp as a solution, you know, to legitimately solve some of these problems, what would you say are some of the world's biggest issues that hemp will help resolve with the trajectory we're going? Uh, well, food security, um, the fact that you can grow this on a relatively small portion of land and the amount of nutrients that can come off of this plant, um, that, that can really change how we look at our um, food security issues that are out there. Um, this mm-hmm. is in general, as we see other commodity prices going up, you know, food costs are going up in general. It, you know, that's not just in the hemp world, but in the corn and everything other of that fact. So getting um, the ability to access this food, um, not only in developed, but underdeveloped third world countries, um, for both human and animal food will will also be a very pivoting point for us. And we need it now in our own domestic animal uh, production, healthy, mm-hmm. nutritious foods. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that'll be a definite changer. And then, of course, as we discussed on the, on the building side, um, but just to get this into, <clears throat> pardon me, a, a, into a bar, a, a granola bar. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Great value. Walmart always say granola bar has hemp in it. Um, so being mm-hmm. able to get those hemp into the into basic products that people are buying on the shelf um, will will be also really important as as part of that food security and, and food health, um, and then maximizing that fiber. For sure. So you've um, you've not only been an educator, you've you know done hemp sales, hemp food sales. You're um, amazing when it comes to rallying people and getting out, you know, and and raising awareness in different ways. But what is it that excites you the most about working with hemp? Oh, it's it's absolute diversity. Um, So if you've got, Mm -hmm. if you love something or you think something's super cool and super fun, you can plug hemp into it. You know, I mean, everybody knows Tyler from Hempware here. Our host is, you know, hemp, hemp-rific and can absolutely help you insert hemp into a passion you have. So for me, it's I've always, in my consultancy, personally, um, and no matter what I'm doing, trying to always engage people to find that their passion. And one of the things about hemp is that you can get lost in it. 
There's mm-hmm. so many things you could do. Um, so it's so important to really hone in on something that's, that is maybe right close to you, something that you really enjoy, and try to see how you can incorporate hemp into that. Because getting, because of the fact that it is so diverse, you can get lost or strung out in a way or get too many irons in the fire. Um, and so to always try to nail, n- narrow it down so that you can focus on being really successful at that. Absolutely. Yeah, we call it making your hemp dot. And so the visual is, you know, put your dot on the map and dot stands for do one thing. And so whether you're an artist or a musician or you own a little mom and pop boutique shop or a health food store, no matter what it is that you do, there's one thing in your life that you can do with hemp. And and we feel that that's going to ultimately help create this paradigm shift on the planet and be living healthier, happier lives with hemp. So I, I appreciate you mentioning that and totally agree. It, it really does take focus, and it's um, it's like a, a magnifying glass. If you want to start a fire, you got to hold it in just the right spot and focus it into one one beam, and it will it will ignite things. And, and so I totally agree with that. And in that spirit, I know your your most recent project is everyone loves Tralala and. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing tralala, but correct. Tralala. Tralala. Okay. I think of this. Um, I don't even know what it is, but tralala, la 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 la. What what song is that? Yeah, you know that's a good question. But I know from the history of tralala as a word, as a German word, it mm-hmm. is a feeling of kind of greatness or a feeling mm-hmm. of being so excited on the inside and ignited on the inside and just going bounding forward. Um, and they sing a song that is a transition song only in, in school children. So you will see this word tralala around and it, it and, and, mm-hmm. it, and it, that, that feeling. And when I, when I discovered the book and everything, that's when we'll get into that. That was the feeling. I was like, Oh my gosh, tralala is hemp, man. Like that's how I feel mm-hmm. when you go field and you yeah. touch that hemp fabric or you're you're in the hemp of it you know you're in oh. the zone um you're in the hemp of it zone when you're in there that's that feeling my face is tingling right now um mm-hmm. that's that feeling of 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 tralala and really fed into um into this book it's so beautiful and so well written i mean obviously the the story was previously written and you had the opportunity and chance to kind of rewrite it and integrate hemp into the story, which is just so exciting. And I have mm-hmm. a little excerpt here I just want to read that kind of explains the book, and then we can expand upon it. But essentially, it's about a, a journey to the field of the singing flowers. And um, Tralala is a hemp seed who lives in, on an organic farm called Hemp World. And one sunny morning, a friendly, elderly black and white tomcat tells Tralala or Tralala about the field of singing flowers on the farm. Tralala wants to visit this mysterious field. She pleads with the cat to take her there and so begins an exciting adventure into the world of hemp. Tralala learns a lot about the amazing plant she will one day become. Her experiences with the animated characters on the farm remind her of how important it is to have good friends. It's just so sweet, and it's it's really, um, I mean, for all ages, practically, I would enjoy this book. It's not just for children, and there's some really good little nuggets in there. I think it's a really great format for educating people about the uses and and the life cycle and uh, just the uh, the amazingness of hemp. So, what what do you hope 
this book will achieve or, you know, will do for our communities and, and, uh, and even for people outside of the hemp community, what do you hope this book will achieve? I guess the same thing it achieved in myself in a sense. Um, when I found the book, I was at BioFac, which is an organic trade show in Nuremberg, Germany. And there's a great company called Hosswell, and they had this stellar booth. I mean, just what they had done with the hemp and the way they had this mosaic and glass top, it was just so cool. Um, and in the back of the booth was this book. And I saw the cover and I was like, oh, what's that? Let me see it. And then I immediately kind of became a kid because I saw the images and just fell in love with the watercolors. And even though I couldn't read the words because it was in German. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they they really got a, a kick out of the fact that I am the way I am about hemp. And it just spewed into this book. At the end of the trade show, they brought it to me and gifted me this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so gifting me gifting it to me then led to a chain of events now nine years later and the book is actually out mm-hmm. um, many people have helped me through the journey um, starting with Norma I was, I'm part of the worldwide opportunities on organic farms mm-hmm. and from there it's a cultural exchange and so people came to stay and Norma was from Germany and spoke fluent English and I said oh oh you can read me this book I was a kid again it's hard to read and translate simultaneously. So let mm-hmm. me just translate it. And then I was like, what, wow. really? If you'll translate it, we can put this, we can put this in the English language, which then means we can easily put it into other languages. So I am interested if people want mm-hmm. to partner up with me to translate this into other languages. And mm-hmm. from that, you know, that gift, now I'm able to kind of re-gift what has been gifted to me along the way with many people who've helped me um, get to the point where we had, you know, basically in a sense had to restructure and rewrite portions of the book so that it fit to where we are at. Um, I've positioned the book in the Great Plains, um, paying tribute to um, the Great Plains of Canada and the United States. And, you know, when it, when in, in some character changes that are the namesakes of people that have made an impact in my life, like mm-hmm. Joey and Dolores Federoch, um, my host family here, and their granddaughter Zoe. So we did make changes to really kind of fit into um, our life and perspective of hemp. Mm-hmm. And Ezra, and I, I noticed there were like two characters named like Candace and Penny. Was that a tribute to Candy Penn? No, but that's a good point. No, actually, um, Candace is one of our fellow moms, and she's the mother of Gloria, the little pig. And Mm -hmm. Penny is is Deanna and Daly. They're both in the book, too. And Deanna's a fellow mom with us, and Penny and Daly are our kids. Um, So we're all part of another group, and we can talk about another nonprofit that I'm working with um, on regenerative Mm -hmm. education. Um, but they're all part of our, our our extended family here in Canada, and they've made their way into, into character namesakes. But you know, awesome. what I want to get out of this, I mean, I want to put it in people's hands. Go to the website, tralalahempseek.com. There are free educational downloads there. Um, so trying to support what we can do in education. I'd love to see this become a, you know, an, maybe we could do a game app if anybody's out there interested in that. Mm-hmm. I how cool this would be if we could develop a children's game app about agriculture and other life things um, focused on these characters or that kind of concept around hemp and, and that sort of scenario. So I'm hoping that this will inspire others 
Um, and, you know, I, I wanted the endorsements from a, a teacher, you know, it just talks about how she can incorporate this, use this book to bring into um, their education platform. So loving, loving the ideas that are going to get come, that are going to come out of this. Mm-hmm. What would you say the ideal age group is for, for a book like this? Well, my son's four, um, and I'm reading him chapter books already, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he follows the story. So, you know, I think really, it's a, as you said, it's a really open to whom mm-hmm. it would be um, available to. I do have a toddler version of the book coming out, so that mm-hmm. one is pared down even more to where you're getting like one or two sentences per page. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for, so that there's going to be some different options that are going to come along on which book might be best fit for, um, the reader and also the reader's, yeah. reader's level. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was noticing it might be like third, fourth grade level. That's when I think we start getting into chapter books, if I'm not mistaken. But like you said, if, if the parents are reading it or someone's reading it to a younger child, it's completely appropriate and they'll definitely get joy out of seeing the illustrations and and just going along with the story for sure Mm -hmm. so as far as and this is um something that that i i've seen a little bit of but what is your understanding of of anyone being able to print on hemp paper yet in book Um, format yeah um i know there's development underway but, you know, the availability of that is limited. It's, co- you know, in some sense, it's cost prohibitive. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's this line about wanting to get this book into people's hands at a price and, and, and an ease. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's listed on Amazon right now. I mean, you can go to our site mm-hmm. and order a, a, a signed copy from myself. Um, but, you know, to be able to get this into somebody's hands, like, right away, that's why I chose to go with an Amazon instant print function. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's, now it's listed globally. So pretty much if your Amazon site, wherever you're listening from around the world, um, has this option for printing of books, you'll find this book on there. Um, so just having that access was really important to me. Um However, I would like to get into the position to be able to have a special edition launch on hemp paper. Absolutely. And maybe that's more, for me, maybe that's more economically feasible to do the toddler book because it's, right. it's shorter. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's more important to get the message and the awareness out to the people right now than it is to put it on hemp for sure. So stepping stones, we'll get there. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that uh, it's going to be, you know, this goes back to one of the questions, you know, what is going to be a pivoting driver? It's going to be the fiber so that we can get these fibers mm-hmm. so we can get more hemp paper so it becomes something that's just part of paper. Exactly. <laughs> again, taking it back to the history, it's just part of paper again. Mm-hmm. Totally. So the majority of our audience are hemp entrepreneurs, and I love to share knowledge and wisdom and information to help other hempsters to succeed with hemp, whatever it is they're doing. And so as a hemp entrepreneur yourself, what would you say are some of the most important resources that have helped you, you know, getting started in the hemp industry or, or running your hemp companies over the years? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, the people around me. That, that was really pivotal to be able um, to, you know, ask the questions, 
sit at the table, go to the conferences, become engaged in the, the, the nonprofits are really important, whether or not that be your regional um, or within your state or on a national level, just becoming engaged in the associations that are out there doing the work are really important. Most of those are all volunteer run. Maybe they have a paid executive director, but all of the other um, board members and committee members are volunteering their time. So uh, that's really important, volunteering your time. And then that gives you the opportunity to learn, network, and and, and find some of those skills that, um, that that kind of work can give. Definitely having the support, coming from the academia side, having the support in my undergraduate work, um, finding a great internship really was pivotal, and then, you know, going on and having um, my opportunities to get my master's, that really started to change things. And, and at that time was able, and working with a great company that facilitated me to get to travel all around working and educating and sitting on these committees um, taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so maybe finding a particular association or trade organization that, that specializes in whatever your expertise is, like maybe the ushba.org, the U.S. Hemp Building Association, or maybe the Hemp Industries Association, or there's other um, groups out there like the Hemp Feed Coalition that are focused on animals, like whatever it is that you're passionate about, try to find a trade or, or association that you can get involved with. I, I totally appreciate that. And that's very helpful. Yeah. And I know like Tyler and I have just both recently um, attended and, and Tyler was moderating with the, um, the Hemp Sense. Open yeah, space. hemp open space. Yeah, mm -hmm. the hemp open space. So, you know, trying to attend these types of events and, and being able to plug in and, and meet people um, is really key in finding, you know, the, the type of the, the mentors that you can reach out to also. So that's really key is, you know, continuing to be a mentor and really open up for more people to come into the, into the hemp industry. Absolutely. Yeah, just having that open mind, constantly seeking that education is essential because the more you know the more you'll be able to help others and um and so yeah and, and of course with hemp aware you know we, we realize not all hempsters are marketers or salespeople, so we like to help with educating hempsters about how to market themselves and, and how to create a story that is very engaging and draws people in and uh, really highlights your your vision and your purpose and why you do what you do because People don't buy what you sell, they buy why you offer it and why you do what you do. So the, the more clear you can be about that, I think the more impact we can make in people's lives. And hemp just speaks for itself as being such an amazing plant and resource that it is. Um, but if you were to choose one thing, Andrea, that you could stand for as it relates to hemp, or, you know, if you were to choose one thing to share with the world, if, if you had, you know, the stand and you could hold a microphone and talk to the whole world, what's one thing that you could share with them about hemp? Diversity. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Um, you know, they, they really go together. I mean, hemp, it, it grows for us. It, it, it adapts 
as the, yeah. as the plant species that's so adaptable um, that we can really work and I say it can just be inserted into, into everywhere, um, different cultures, different means of use, different um, mechan- different abilities from within the community and access to equipment. Um, so that's really, you know, the, the diversity and the, ad- the ability to have such adaptations. Mm, I love it. So diversity and adaptiveness or adaptation. It's so yeah. crucial. It, it really is. I feel I've, I've seen it as solving our three basic fundamental human needs of food, shelter, and clothing. I mean, just that right there, not to mention the energy, fuel, plastics, and, and medicine. I mean, it's, it, it is the most diverse plant on the planet, bar none. I, I totally agree. So, as far as where people can, can get a copy of your book, you said Amazon or on the website. Can you maybe spell the website just so people understand how to search for it? Yep, that is Tralala Hemp Seed. So T-R-A-L-L-A-L-A Hemp Seed. Um, dot com and you can also pop over to Hemp Aware and he'll have a little uh, link there for you to be able yeah. to find that. Absolutely. Yep. And I'm curious, you, you you touched upon this in the beginning of our, our talk today, but I would love to expand a little bit more just because I, I love words and etymology. And in fact, we have something called the Hempsicon. It's our hemp lexicon. If you just uh, go to hempaware.com forward slash Hempsicon, H-E-M-P-X-I C-O-N. I'm just curious, what does it mean on your website? And you did mention it today, uh, that cannabis is a part of your final vocabulary. Can you kind of expand on that again? What what does final vocabulary mean? Why is that important? Yeah. um, Well, final vocabulary was something that I learned about when I was in university in a American literature class. And the professor said, we were reading some Tom Sawyer, and he said, okay, you know, um, we're going to work on our final vocabulary, and this is the words that you that help you read between the lines of literature and life. So somebody reading a book might not have caught the fact there was this, they, you know, they were talking about maybe weaving fiber or they were using a brake, right? Mm-hmm. They were using a brake to, to, to break the stock. Um, and, you know, we might draw in a, a timeline, a place, which, which then brings us to the fact that, you know, that may have been hemp in, that they were breaking. Mm. And the fiber and the shoes that they were using may have been hemp. And if you kind of look into the history and, and the timeline and the location of the book, it's, it, you're reading between the lines of the book. Mm-hmm. And drawing out historical context that you may that might not be in the written word. So that right. that's one of it's a philosophy of philosopher Richard Royty, and mm-hmm. he calls this the final vocabulary. All human beings carry out a set of words in which they employ to justify their actions, beliefs, and in their lives. Mm. And so him definitely, you know, um, done that for me and has justified. Mm-hmm. The, work that I've been doing, the way my life has gone, and the opportunities that I've had to um, be part of. So that For final sure. vocabulary is, is you, get, you get the hemp bug, it, it becomes final part of your final vocabulary. You can't go a day without mm-hmm. talking about it, mentioning it, eating it, wearing it, yes. um, trying to make it part of your life. For sure. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's super important. And, and the word philosophy, I believe, comes from the love of knowledge. 
And so I think, uh, and, and to have knowledge is to know the ledge, you know, know the limits or know, know um, the boundaries of, of consciousness. And, and so that's super exciting. And I'm constantly increasing my vocabulary as it relates to hemp. And there's definitely not a day that goes by without me saying the word probably a hundred times. Mm. But, uh, and same for you. Um, so what last thoughts kind of to wrap it up here? Is there anything else that you want to share with other hemp entrepreneurs to help inspire them or, or any uh, advice that you would share with them on helping them stay on track and, and uh, achieving their goals with hemp? Um, yeah, think long-term and be willing to, you know, and take your time and, and map it out. Sometimes things come really quick and sometimes they take a, a long time to, to really bring it uh, to fruition. So be patient um, as hemp is patient with us um, also, and just encourage, um, you know, to reach out to people and ask for help. Um, I think that's really key um, is asking for help. And, and, and you might find that help in the, in the strangest of places, somebody who might not be engaged in hemp, uh, but may be willing to help you learn how to put together an Excel sheet or work on a Google Drive or something of that sort um, to really help that, the ability to put the information together and find something you're passionate about is, is really important. And, you know, for myself, it's just to constantly be reinventing um, where you're making your mark. For me, being able to be involved in so many things throughout time, um, it's not like I necessarily honed in on one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, um, you know, the, the, there was this the, a flux that was happening, and I had the opportunity to, in a sense, kind of dip my toe in, in many different things and, and hopefully um, have left a positive impact. And, and, I, and I hear that from, you know, persons like yourself who – um, has said, you know, inspired by the work I've done, but also continuously mm-hmm. paying it forward. So that's really important is to, is to pay it forward and, and to keep mentoring your mentors and they'll mentor you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So really it's, it's about the connections and the relationships and finding the, um, the kindred spirits in, in the industry, whether they're in hemp or not, but finding those mentors and teachers and people that you can bounce ideas off from. Uh, bounce ideas off of or, or kind of mastermind with, as I like to say. And Napoleon Hill uh, defined a mastermind as the coordination of knowledge and effort combined in the spirit of harmony between two or more people for the attainment of a definite purpose cannot be denied. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I feel like what you described there is a mastermind. When, when you two or more minds come together in the spirit of harmony for the attainment of a definite purpose, the universe will, will come together to help you make it happen. So I appreciate and, you very much. And that brings me back to Tra-la-la, and just to give a little quote of Gloria yeah. um, at the end of the book. Um, and, you'll, and you'll read and, and build yourself up to this point, but Gloria looks at her friends and at the field and said, happy friends make happy endings. Um, <laughs> and that really, that really rings true. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a really sweet book. And, all the more sweet that it's uh, surrounding the hemp seed and the, and the life cycle of the hemp plant. So you heard it, folks. Andrea Herman herself here on Hemp Aware Radio. Go get a copy of, of her new book, Tralala, on Amazon or go to tralalahempseed.com and uh, you won't be disappointed. There's hardback cover, 
the paperback cover as well as I think the digital version, right? Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to Hemp Aware Radio. This is your hemp entrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp, here to hemp power and hemp educate your hemposphere. And if you guys are looking for support with your website or any graphic design services or just clarifying your message as a hemp company, we'd be more than happy to talk with you. Just go to hempaware.com. And thanks again, Andrea. I appreciate you being here. Anytime, Tyler. Welcome. Okay. Y'all have a great day.